I, I always say this, I don't feel like a visitor here anymore when I come here. I, I feel like I'm at my home, away from home, and it is such a blessing to be here with you. With that, I'm going to jump right into um, today's message. If you have your Bible, turn with me to the Gospel of John, the first chapter. John chapter 1, beginning with the first verse. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of humanity. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. From this text, I want to speak to you on the title, Three Voices in the Midst of Tragedy. Three Voices in the Midst of Tragedy. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for this awesome privilege to be here with this wonderful congregation, this community of believers. I thank you for the opportunity. But I pray right now, God, that this message would not be about me. Not about me at all. But it would be about you, your word, your agenda, and what you want to accomplish here this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Three voices in the midst of tragedy. Uh, now, I need to tell you that um, this is not the first time I'm preaching this message. Uh, I've, I've had a chance to preach three times in the past three weeks, and I find myself landing right on this message, and uh, I can't get away from it. So I want to share it with you this morning. And you probably uh, have already guessed that this message, being that tragedy is within the title, has something to do uh, around uh, the horrible incident, the horrible tragedy that we went through on September 11th in this country. The reason I was led to this message by God was because I was wrestling with some of the voices that begin to speak after the tragedy on September 11th. Now, the voices that spoke outside of the church, outside the community of faith, I was not shocked nor surprised by any of those voices. I was concerned, though, about some of the voices, some of the commentary, some of the things that were said by people that call themselves Christian. Not all, but some. I remember the day after the tragic event, my wife was at work, and a woman who calls herself Christian said to my wife, Well, you know, what happened yesterday that's God letting us know that he's not playing with us anymore. God's not messing around with us anymore. God is not playing. We better get our life in order because God is not playing. Interesting 
voice. Another voice. Nationally recognized. Christian voice. Said that the reason why we face the tragedy that we did on September 11th is because we have lost the protection of God in this country. Because we're so immoral. More immoral than we've ever been in the United States of America. Because of that, we have lost the protection of God. Uh, this voice even blamed homosexuals and people that have had abortions for why this tragedy happened. That if it wasn't for those people, those sinful, horrible people, we would still <coughs> have the protection of God and we would not face the tragedy that we faced on September 11th. Another interesting voice. Now I want to say something about that, that voice, that latter voice I just brought up. Our country is more immoral now than it's ever been. Let's just let that voice sit there for a minute. The country is more immoral now than it's ever been. We have lost the, the, the heritage, the godly heritage and roots that this country was founded on. I thought about that voice for a minute. And, and, and is there immorality in this country? Well, duh. But is it more immoral is the question. Maybe we weren't an immoral country during slavery. Maybe we weren't very immoral when thousands of people were lynched in this country during Jim Crow laws. When the Ku Klux Klan weren't just a small group having a rally in St. Paul every now and then, but was a major voice in this country, a mainstream voice. Maybe we weren't immoral when women couldn't vote, when women didn't have a voice in this country, when they were silenced, not empowered. Maybe we weren't immoral then. Yeah, we're more immoral now than we've ever been. Interesting voice to wrestle with, to pray on, to think about. Well, let me dive into this message. Because this is the thing, sisters and brothers, whether you agree with them or not, when you go through tragedy, when you go through a storm, you know, probably even in good days when you're going through nothing, you're going to hear voices. Voices trying to get at you, trying to speak to you, trying to sway your opinion, trying to meet you at a place of decision. Voices. We all hear them. We all have them. They're around us all the time. We grew up with voices. We went to school and heard voices. We went to college and heard voices. We went into the workforce with voices. We got married because of a voice. We had kids because of voices. We made decisions, good and bad, in our life because there were voices, external, internal, surrounded by voices, uh, speeches, uh, talks, messages, sermons are probably some of the most powerful vehicles in our culture to get people to go one way or another, to sit still or to move. We all live in voices. Now, I'm going to deal with three voices today. 
Now, there are many more voices than just three, but I'm going to focus on three. Now, the ordained Baptist preacher in me would like to talk about some more, but because of your time, I'm going to respect your time and just deal with three. Now, I said I'm going to talk about three voices in the midst of tragedy, and I don't want to limit tragedy just to what happened on September 11th. There are all kinds, variances of tragedy in life, individual tragedy, tragedy internal, in the soul, in the spirit, tragedy of the body, family tragedy, neighborhood tragedies, national tragedies, global tragedies. Sometimes we forget when we experience something like September 11th, that there's some countries around this globe that experience what we experienced every week. Every day there's a threat. They're not surprised by what happened to this country because they live in it every day. You know, if it's true that what happened on September 11th was God's judgment on us because of our immorality, he sure took it easy on us compared to some other places. If that were true, if that were case, and that was a case, you would think that God was easy on us, even though I would debate you and say that's not my God. My God doesn't author the destruction and the killing of innocent people just to make a point of judgment. And if you read in Genesis about the flood, God makes it clear that God's not going that direction again. There's another judgment that is to come that will be on a different level than any kind of terrorist act that would take innocent lives. So let this sermon hit you wherever tragedy has hit you in life, whether personal, in relationships, in family, in community, nationally or globally. Well, let me start with the first voice. The first voice is the negative voice. The voice that's pessimistic. The voice that doesn't have a good outlook on life. The bitter voice. In the first voice, you'll hear things like this. I'm not surprised by what happened on September 11th. I'm not shocked. Why are we treating that like an isolated incident? Like that's the first time that horror or sin or murder or innocent lives being taken has visited our country. No, you know, the first voice is going to say, you know, we have a history of terror in our country. We have a history of horror. We have a theme of evil in our world, and we need to deal with that. We need to talk about the injustices of the world. We need to talk about evil all around us. We need to talk about hatred and meanness and individualism and separatism and capitalism. We need to talk about those issues. We need to put them on the table because man, from slavery to racism to segregation to sexism to all these other isms, you know, I'm sick and tired. I'm tired and sick. You know, that's one voice. That's a negative voice. Now, it's hard to listen to this voice. 
This is not a pretty voice. This is not a well-packaged voice. This is not a nice, comfy voice. This is a hard voice to listen to. Most of us here, we, we run from this voice. We don't want to deal with this voice because they're saying some things that are uncomfortable, that's hard to listen to, that, that, that's angry, that wants change. I want peace and I want it right now. No justice, no peace. I want change now. I want something different. Hey, we need to get real. Stop pretending things aren't bad. The tragedy on September 11th isn't some isolated incident. The tragedy on September 11th, the first voice will say, is like a Friday the 13th horror movie. It's just a sequel that will probably be followed by another one. Look at Columbine, school shootings. Look at all, look at all the crime. Look at all the selfishness. Look at this world we live in. That's the first voice, the negative voice. Maybe some of you know what it's like to live, to be bombarded by, to be tackled by the negative voice. Maybe some of you in here, you've given up on dreams. You've given up on your passion. You've thrown in the towel because you've been bombarded by negative voices. Voices that told you, don't try because it's not going to make a difference. Don't say anything because nobody's going to listen to you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. This world is going to be the same sinful, messed up world that it is. Why try? Why compete? Why even say anything? It doesn't matter. There are some girls that never become the women God has created them to be because they've been bombarded by negative voices. There's some boys that never become the men that God created them to be because they're tackled by negative voices. There are some people of color that never become what God has created them to be because they're systematic, institutional, oppressive voices that say, don't try that. That's not for you. No, you, you people don't do stuff like that. No, 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 no. Hey, wait a minute. Why are you being so vocal? Why you're too young to be talking like that? Like that. There's children that never see themselves as valuable treasures of God because of negative voices. Have you ever been stifled by a negative voice? Have you ever been silenced by a negative voice? Have you ever given up on a dream? Have you ever stayed sick? Have you stayed diseased? Have you ever stayed looking down on yourself because of negative voices. Now, i got to tell you this, sisters and brothers, you can't totally shut out or deny negative voices because there's some truth in those voices. There is. It, it, there is injustice. There are issues that we need to wrestle with. There are things that we need to pray about. There are some things we need to take a stand, but you can't live in the negative voice. There are challenges, but you can't, you can't throw in the towel just because something is hard. You can't live in the negative voice. If you live in the negative voice, you'll become bitter. You'll become angry. You'll know the problems inside and out, but you'll never fight for the solution. You'll never strive for peace. You'll never strive for justice, for transformation, for spiritual and supernatural change. We can't live in the negative voice. Well, let me move on because I said that it's three voices. And if I only dwelt with one voice, if I only dealt with that voice alone, then 
you wouldn't like me. You'd think I didn't have any integrity. You'd call me a lie because the title is Three Voices. <laughs> I'd be prophet lying instead of prophesying if I stopped with one voice. So let me move on to the second voice. The second voice. Yes, yes, yes. The second voice. Second voice <coughs> is the positive voice. The happy voice. The voice that says, what's everybody crying about? Why is everybody angry? It's not that bad. Things are great. Come on, you're not sick. Stop playing around. You know, come on, why is everybody angry? Can't we all just get along? The happy voice. The positive voice. The optimistic voice that says, look, I know bad things have happened, but this is America. This is the land of the free. United we stand. Come on, we are the world here. What? Don't, don't cry. Don't look sad. Have you ever been angry and somebody told you not to be? Have you ever been sad and somebody said, don't be sad? Were you ever crying and instead of somebody giving you a shoulder to cry on, they just said, come on, suck it up. Give me a break. It's not that bad. Hey, let's just be colorblind. Why we got to talk about race? Why do we got to talk about all these isms? Why do we have to focus? That's not what God wants us to do. God just wants us to be one and sing Kumbaya around a campfire. Come on. What's the big deal? Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Shut up. Look, sisters and brothers, there is some truth in the positive voice. There is. But if you live in the positive voice, the second voice, you'll be in denial about some real issues. We cannot live a sugar-coated Christian life. It doesn't exist. We can't close our eyes to real issues, real problems, real principalities and powers that must be taken down and destroyed in a spiritual realm beyond this natural realm that we live in. If you live just in the positive voice, you'll be apathetic. You won't stand for anything. You won't fight for anything. You won't believe in anything. You won't be passionate. You won't have big dreams, big visions to accomplish. Some of us know what it's like to be bombarded by the positive voice, the smiley voice, the happy voice that says nothing's wrong. Come on. Are you going to talk about that again? Do we really have to bring that up? Can't we get past that? Some of my best friends are black. Please. I never did nothing wrong. What, do we have? Why do you keep bringing that up? I don't look. I, I didn't do nothing. What are you blaming me for? I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Or, you know, look, I'm nice to white people. I smile at them. It's a big deal. I, I got to hug them and pray with them for I say hi. I mean, I see a white person, I say, how you doing? I, mean, I got to pray with them, and I got to fight with them, and I got to stand with them. And for what? 
You know what I'm saying? You ever been bombarded by a voice that made you apathetic and numb? Because we were so busy smiling that we forgot that the scripture says, mourn with those who mourn. Cry with those who cry. Blessed are the peacemakers, but blessed are those who mourn. So many of us live our lives either within one of these voices or we feel like we're between these voices trying to make decisions. It's like that old, remember the ancient video game? It's very old. The original video game was called Pong. Yeah, some of you are young in here. You don't know what I'm talking about. That, you think I'm speaking in tongues right now. But no, the, the game was called Pong. There was a black line right here, a black line right there, and a little dot. And you scored by trying to get the dot past one of the lines. But usually the game just went something like this. Boop. Boop. Boop, boop. Boop. money for that. Some of us, that's how we live our lives. There's the positive voice and the negative voice, and we're just being bounced back and forth. We're making decisions. We're living life. We're falling in and out of love. We're confused. We're depressed. We're happy. We cry. We laugh somewhere in between those two voices. Before you just give in to that life, I would like to present to you the third voice. Before you live a life too glad or too sad, before you live too long in the sunshine, too long in the storm, I would like to have you consider a third voice. Yes, there's a third voice. There's a voice beyond the negative voice, beyond the positive voice. There's a third voice. There's a third voice. And this third voice was on the scene way before the other two voices even existed. So to call it a third voice doesn't even give it credit because since it was first, it's really the first voice. But just for the drama and the nature of the sermon, we called it the third. Uh, the third voice. Yes, the third voice that was here at the beginning of time. The third voice that spoke time into existence. There's a third voice. A third voice. Now, to hear this voice, you may have to turn off the television. You may need to turn off the radio. Put aside your newspaper, your magazines, turn off your cell phone, your pager, ignore your email, your voicemail, sit down your Palm Pilot. You may have to cut off your computer. You may have to slow down in this busy, fast-paced world and find a place of solitude, a place where it's quiet, where you can be alone so that you can hear the third voice. There's a third voice that wants to speak to you, that wants to whisper your name, that wants to sing love songs to your soul, that wants to invade your spirit man. There is a third voice. There's a third voice that wants to talk with you and walk with you, that wants to have a daily worship service with you, that wants to give you wisdom and revelation that's your way out, that's your way in, that's your way up, that's your way over and under. There's a third voice. Yes, yes, yes. There's a third voice. 
a third voice. Great preacher by the name of Gardner Taylor said that the third voice preached a sermon in the pre-creation sanctuary when the third voice said, let everything that wasn't positioned itself to be what was. When this third voice said, let there be, all that was may be fell rank on rank into reality. When this voice, Dr. Gardner said, said, let there be light, darkness was pierced and day. There's a third voice. A third voice that told Noah to build an ark. A third voice. A voice that made a covenant with Abraham and said, your seed will be like the stars. A third voice. A third voice that told Joseph he would not live a life of a slave in Egypt, but would rise to the equal position in partnership with the king. A third voice. A voice that spoke to Moses and said, go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. A third voice. A voice that told young David that he could defeat a lion, a third voice, and that he could defeat a bear, a third voice, and that he could defeat the giant Goliath, a third voice. A third voice that told Esther that even though she didn't know her biological mother, her biological father, she was a foster child, and even though she was the wrong nationality, that she would become a queen. And a book would be written about her life and how God used her to change the world, a third voice. A voice that told Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and I positioned you to be a prophet to the nations, to tear down, to destroy, and yet to build up. A third voice that told Ezekiel, you're not in a desert place. You are not in a city of dry bones, because I will bring life to the bones by what I say, a third voice. A third voice that spoke to major and minor prophets, a third voice. Since the beginning of time, before we knew what time was, there was a third voice saying, let there be. And then something came into the presence and met head on with nothing and took nothing over so that something would reign. A third voice. Yes, there's a third voice. Now... The third voice could have stayed up in heaven. The third voice could have stayed above all, over all, all-powerful, almighty, all-knowing, all-good, all-God, have mercy. The third voice could have stayed up in this realm, looking down on a humanity living in between two voices in a natural realm, the negative voice and the positive voice. And the voice could have stayed up in heaven, this almighty voice looking down, intervening by speech, a heavenly supernatural speech, whenever it got ready. But this is what I like about the third voice. The third voice came out of the heavenly realm into the earth and clothed itself with flesh. That's what the Bible says. That's what John chapter 1 says, that the Word was God, was with God. The very words of God was God and came into the earth in the form of a human being. The Word took on flesh. The Word, the voice, had feet. 
The third voice had hands. The third voice walked the earth in the form of a human being. The third voice. The third voice gave sight to the blind. The third voice gave hearing to the deaf. The third voice gave speech to the mute. The third voice cast out demons. The third voice was a miracle worker. You could touch, <coughs> you could touch the third voice and your body would be healed just by touching the clothes of a voice. Oh, that's good. That's good. The voice could lay hands on fish and bread and feed thousands of people. The world was invaded by a voice. And this voice had love and compassion and grace and mercy, the power of reconciliation. The voice was God incarnate in the world, walking around as a human being with human beings. There's a third voice. The third voice walked on this planet. The third voice was real. The third voice was here. We paint glass-stained windows talking about the third voice. We paint murals. We have paintings. We have books all wrestling with, all dealing with, all debating about the third voice in the flesh. But they arrested the third voice. Have you ever felt like your voice was arrested? They placed the third voice in a room where soldiers beat on the third voice. Beat the third voice all night long. Beat him down. Have you ever felt like your voice was beaten down? That no matter what you would say, you got beat up? Just because of your voice? Ever felt like that? Ever felt like just because of your speech, just because of what you said, you were beat down? Your voice. They put a crown of thorns on the voice, led the third voice to a cross. Third voice placed on the cross. They put nails in the hands of the third voice. Nails in the feet of the voice. Pierce the voice in the side. And the voice died. You ever felt like your voice was dead? And then there was silence. Imagine that. The voice of God was shut up. Nothing. Quiet. Darkness. You ever felt that? You ever felt like you were in a place where you could say nothing? Where nothing you said mattered? You were silenced. You were taken off your feet. Your voice was dead. You ever felt like that? The voice of God was shut up one day. It was silent. There was nothing. Now... <clears throat> Some of y'all are looking at me like that's the end of the story. Like that's it. Like the credits rolled after that. The end. Directed by Pharisees and Sadducees. <laughs> Produced by Pontius Pilate. Executive producer, Satan. Sellout, Judas. Set denier, Peter. The end. That's it. 
No, the good news is that's not it. Because the voice rose. The voice lives. The voice is here right now. The voice is ever present. The voice is trying to speak. The voice is here in good days and bad days. The voice ascended to heaven, but through the Holy Spirit should be dwelt in every single man and woman that calls themselves Christian. The voice invaded the world. The voice of God is here. This is my problem with the church. Why do we wait till tragedy to speak? Why do we wait till horror to fill the Metrodome? Why do we wait till tragedy to want to have a crusade, to want to say something? God doesn't talk just in tragedy. God is always talking. God talks every day. God is always speaking. You're in the hospital. You need to get the voice of God. When you're at a funeral, seek the voice of God. Whether it's a good day or a bad day, there's a third voice. If your marriage is on the rocks, there's a third voice. If your kids have ran away from home, there's a third voice. If your parents and you are not in, a, in agreement, you're in conflict, there's a third voice. If your community is crumbling, there's a third voice. But even in prosperity, even in sunshine, even in a cool breeze, that's still the voice of God. In the sunshine, it's God speaking. In the cool breeze, it's God speaking. In a rainbow, it's a multi-ethnic conglomerate of the voice and the counsels of an almighty God. Have you ever been invaded by the tonsils of God? Has the voice of God ever kissed you, ever healed you, ever embraced you, ever reconciled your spirit, soul, and body? I don't care where you are, in famine or prosperity, if it's raining or if it's sunshine, there's an almighty, loving, transforming, grace-filled, supernatural, heavenly voice that wants to get all over you and get in you. The church should be the mouthpiece of God who never shuts up. The church, the mouth of the church should look like this. And I know the Bible says be quiet, but that's just to rest up, to shout again. There are people around you that need a word from God. What will you say? Do not wait until we lose more lives to speak the love, the grace, the transformation of God. God wants to speak in you so that you will speak to the world. And if you're too depressed to speak, how will they know Jesus is real? Don't live in the negative or the positive voice. Live in the eternal voice. Let's pray. Father God, there have been so many times in my life when I was listening to the wrong voices. And I'm not talking about before I became a Christian. I'm saying there have been times when I've been in ministry listening to the wrong voice. Oh, I thank you for invading me with your internal voice. Your eternal, breathing, living, awesome voice. Breathe in me from your lungs the word of truth. Speak to my heart, Jesus. Give me a word that can sustain me. 
I want to live a life in your voice so that I may in turn be a mouthpiece to a world that does not know you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to go into a time of worship and praise.